Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm joined by Hannah Atkins. Hannah is married to Stephen and works at Laurel and Pearl Bakery, which sounds like a super fun place to work. Um, today, Hannah's here to share about her story and what God has done in her family's life over the last few years. Welcome, Hannah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hannah, to start off, will you walk us through um, some of the trials that you and your family have been through over the past few years? Yes, I'm, I'll try and be brief with it because over the past three years, there has been a lot that has happened. Um, but I guess to start off with, my husband and I have been married for a little over three years. And in the first year of marriage, we got pregnant. And I was so excited. I was all about being a mom. I was looking forward to it. And Steve was a little scared, but he was definitely looking forward to yes. it too. Which is actually when I met you. We did yeah. like a flourish group at church together I and know. you were pregnant at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And that was actually around the time whenever we had found out that there was actually going to be something wrong with our daughter. We didn't know what it was, but um, yeah, we so had found out. So they just told you something's wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is. Yes. At our anatomy appointment. And they had been asking to do like genetic testing prior to that. And I was like, it's not going to change anything that we do with our daughter. Yeah. Um, and so at the 20-week appointment, they told us that there's something wrong. And so we got sent to high-risk doctors. And um, uh, at that point, they were started offering us the option of abortion and, hey, we can send you over to this state. And that was just never a choice that God had laid, like, laid to anyone to do. And so um, I definitely understood the, the hardship of it because – you have doctors telling you that your daughter would be better off, mm. you would be better off if you didn't have to go through that pain. And, um, But the Lord had entrusted us with our daughter, no matter what condition she was brought into our life, and we were going to love her and try and help her to be the best that she could be. Mm-hmm. And so we carried her to 38 weeks. Did you feel different? Uh, like inside? Like, like did it feel like, did you tell something was off or it just felt like? I mean, it was my first pregnancy, so I couldn't tell too much of a difference, yeah. but I definitely had different things that, I guess, happen more with a chromosomal disorder mm-hmm. than other pregnancies. And so I was having contractions the second half of my pregnancy, like the entire, like the wow. Braxton Hicks. Wow. Yeah. So my stomach was always really tight and contracting the entire time, um, which was uncomfortable, but it wasn't anything too crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you carried her full term and then what happened? Uh, then we we got induced because we were going to give her the best chance, and um, we weren't sure how long she was going to be with us, but we were hoping to hit that year mark. Um, I guess we were we were told that she may have trisomy 13, mm-hmm. and so with that, you know that they're not going to live a full life, but you get to have them as long as the Lord gives them to mm-hmm. you. And so we went up to Dallas, we were induced, and... We had her for six days, and we were in the NICU with her, and the Lord's hand was over us in so many different ways that allowed us time with her, allowed her time with her family, and just opened up our eyes to a whole world of special needs and just the beauty that is in that. 
And it definitely wrecked my heart for everyone who has gone through loss and loss of their child. What was her name? Melina. Oh, that's Yeah, Melina Elizabeth. I love that. Yeah. So did y'all just stay with her those six days? Did your families get to meet her or anybody else? Or was it, did y'all yeah. just keep it your family? Well, it was during COVID. And so we had all these restrictions. But the day that we were admitted, all the restrictions were lightened. They weren't taken away, but oh, they like were lightened. I know. Um, and so Stephen and I both got to stay with her because prior to that, only one parent could be with her. Mm. And so we both actually got to stay with her every night. We were right there next to her. And then we got to switch out with family members and they got to meet her and hold her. Well, kind of hold her. She was in a NICU thing. So yeah. put their hand on her. Oh, that's so and sweet. Mm-hmm. And you, did you have a photographer come in or did y'all just take pictures? Because you have some sweet pictures with her. Yeah. The, ho- uh, the hospital that we were at had they had a camera, and so one of the nurses came in and took pictures of us with her. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a sweet gift. Yeah. Okay, Hannah, so what happened after that? So after we um, had her for about six days, she passed away, and then um, yeah, we're going through the grief of that, and men and women grieve very differently. So it was definitely a hard time trying to figure out how to support each other. Mm-hmm. And you're newly married. We're newly married, and... Um, but three months after we had lost Milena, my husband was diagnosed with stage four leukemia. Mm. And so we had another year of chemotherapies, immunotherapies, and ultimately a transplant. And during that year, my sister had gotten breast cancer. My dad started having heart problems, and he ended up needing to get a pacemaker, and all of that was just really stressful. And I couldn't be there for them because I was there for my husband. We were in Dallas. And so we were far away from them. But uh, yeah, so that was a very, very hard year. How did you make it through that year? Um, I, <laughs> it kind of sounds funny, but like everything kept happening and happening and happening. And it was just waves and waves of here's a new trial, here's a new trial. And it was like, only the Lord can bring us through this. And I cannot imagine going through this and making it through, but we're here and the only glimmer of hope that you see is the Lord mm-hmm. and you know that he is in control and he's bringing us through this. And so that was honestly the only way. Yeah. Um, I remember cause y'all had moved to Dallas for Stephen's treatment, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember I followed you on Facebook and I had yeah. seen just this joy and this hope in your post. Um, and as you shared different bits and pieces of what was going on, where did that come from? How did you find moments to share that? And what was it like having the Lord sustain you like that? Yeah. Um, so with that, I'm really glad that that came across because when I, when we share our story and our life, sometimes it can sound really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord was really holding on to us, and that was where the joy came from. And so we got to see his fingerprints in so many areas that this wouldn't have happened if the Lord wasn't holding on to us. And so there's a lot of joy knowing that God is in control and that you're not in control um, and knowing that he's got this. But yeah, knowing that the Lord is holding on to us was definitely um, the main source of joy mm-hmm. because as you're going through, I guess, all of the suffering where it feels like one thing after another after another is going wrong. And um, while we were in the hospital, it felt like 
Stephen would need something and the doctors would come in and say, this is like one of the risks, but it probably won't happen. And then it happens. And then he is laid out for two weeks and can't get up and stuff. There are times whenever you do experience all the hardship and you're kind of laid out and you don't know what else to do and you're just begging God for some relief from it. And um, it was always a joy to for God to answer those prayers um, because there would be times whenever everything felt like it was going wrong and you know that you know that God is in control and that he loves you and he's working all things out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And you know that the Lord's going to use his suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you just don't feel that in your flesh. Like your flesh is failing. And so I would pray for God to just give me some encouragement to tell me that he's still holding on, that I could feel that. Because mm-hmm. I know that, but I just, in the, those moments, you just don't feel it. And God would answer those prayers in a very quick way where he would show that he answered someone's prayer that was relating to us where he would have someone send me a text and like verbatim says like the Lord's still holding on to you. Don't, don't lose hope. Like all of that. And so those are moments whenever you just start crying Uh because the Lord is so good. Which I think is such a lesson for anyone listening, not going through suffering. When the Lord puts someone on your heart, text them yes reach out to them call them whatever it is like don't just think oh okay cool i'm thinking of them or say a quick prayer like yeah reach out because it sounds like that is one of the things that carried you through that oh yeah that is one of the things that was um just one of those fingerprints that showed us that the lord is holding on in a very in your face way Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah. undeniable because mm-hmm. you can have knowledge but your flesh is definitely it fails and you have your insecurities and your doubts and your fears and God proves himself faithful again and again yes. and so I think that that's where a lot of the joy came from because I don't think he ever gave us really an option to mm-hmm. say that he wasn't good because even in all the suffering we had opportunities to love our daughter really well. We had opportunities to share Christ with people in the hospital. We had Christian nurses who came to us and were able to pray for us and share their story with us. Mm. The fact that you can come through all of this trials, suffering, whatever you want to call it, and say that the Lord never gave you an option to not feel that he was good. Mm-hmm. Only God can do that. On, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so what have you learned about yourself over the past few years? Uh, that I desperately need the Lord. Mm. Tell me about um, that. I, I think for the, for the, for most and for me included, our desperate need for Jesus doesn't seem so desperate when we have all of our plans playing out mm-hmm. and, so prior to all of this happening, Stephen and I were wanting to honor the Lord with our lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we wanted to honor him in the way that we discipled our children, the way that we hosted people at our house. But they were all of our plans. And we hadn't, I don't think, offered our lives up and said, Lord, direct us in where we should go. And if we want to have kids, give us the green light. If, like that's the desire of our heart. And so you'll make it happen if you want it to happen. And being okay with God's plan, 
but not forcing your plan upon God and uh, asking for his blessings in the process too. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I think I've learned that I'm, I'm a prideful person and I love thinking that I'm in control, but through the past few years, God has really showed that I desperately need him to grow me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, and I was definitely humbled throughout all of this of, I can't do anything. I can't sustain life. I can't um, heal my husband. I can't do all of these things, but the Lord can. Mm -hmm. And I need that. And when everything else is crashing around you, all you have is the Lord. And you see the the joy in that. And that's all you actually need. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I think that's definitely what I learned throughout all that. That's so cool. Okay, Psalm 3418 says, God will be near to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. How have you seen that verse play out in your life? Yeah, I think that was um, a hard verse going through it because of the moments whenever you don't feel good and you don't feel loved and you, you um, don't really necessarily feel like God is close to you in those moments because it just feels all out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's where the fingerprints really came in and showed me that he was there. And it would always remind me of the picture of whenever you're looking back on your life in heaven and you see one set of footprints and you're like, Lord, why were you, why'd you leave me during that time? And that was the time whenever the Lord carried you through it. Mm. You just didn't realize it. Um, and I think the answered prayers just made me feel like the Lord listens to you and he's, he's there with you. He hears the small prayers. And so I know that he's listening to the big prayers. You know, mm-hmm. he hears me whenever I'm like, I just need a little encouragement today. And so I know that he's hearing me as I am laid out begging for my husband's life. And so <laughs> it, he is near to the brokenhearted. And whenever you are absolutely crushed, that is whenever he can love you the best, I think. Mm. Okay. So how did you get from. <laughs> not feeling loved, maybe feeling abandoned and just overwhelmed to trusting in God and knowing that he's in control and he has a plan. How did you not get yourself necessarily, mm-hmm. but how how do you get your brain to realize, wait, God is in control? Yeah. So from, from before all of this happened, um, I knew that I had prayed for the Lord to test me, like even back in like in high school, I would pray for testing and that God would make me usable. Mm. And I've known in James, it talks about counting it all joy mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you go through trials, um, as it strengthens your faith. And I knew that this would be something that would strengthen my faith. And, you know, just from preparation before the trials that it is going to help you while you're going through it. And so I think during all of that, you know it. And so you know that feelings come and go. And so that's whenever those answered prayers really came in to kind of realign my 
heart with mm-hmm. what my mind knew about the Lord. And um, whenever we would pray for whether or not we're going to do transplant, whether or not we're going to go to this hospital, um, the Lord would put things in our path that would help us to choose the right choice. Mm-hmm. And so we had, one of the things was we had originally been here in Tyler for treatment and it's not the best place to get cancer treatment, but <laughs> we for like leukemia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that we, we didn't know anything about cancer. Mm-hmm. We, no one in our family had really um, gone through a like the chemo process mm-hmm. or any of that. And so um, because of that, we, we were kind of just going with it and we were mm-hmm. learning as we were going and the Lord would pe- put people in our path to say, this is what you need to do. And so we've had people just come out of nowhere and been like, Hey, you don't need to be here. You need to be in Dallas where they specialize in this and they have the doctors and the ability and the technology to be able to actually treat your husband and so then they'll be like, okay, I'm calling people, just wait here. And then they'd go call people and they're like, you're moving tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so multiple times the Lord has put people in our path like that mm-hmm. who have brought us where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And so every time that the Lord would do that, it would lighten my heart <laughs> and give me more security and um, help bolster the flesh part of me that mm-hmm. fails so easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love how you talked about how feelings aren't reliable. I think <laughs> I would dare say it can be dangerous to just trust our feelings because yes. those change every day. At All least the for me, they do. Yes. And so if I just lean into what I'm feeling like doing that day, that's not going to carry me in the long run. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, what encouragement would you offer someone currently facing um, suffering or a trial or something like that? So a couple of things that helped me through it. One was more of a tangible and one was more of a feeling better, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I had listened to a lot of Elizabeth Elliot while going through all of this and her encouragement to people who had gone through, who were going through suffering mm-hmm. was to do the next thing to make the next step of obedience to the Lord. And so you may not always know what that is um, long-term, but I think a lot of times you'll know what the next step is like right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like taking it one day at a time. Because a year ago, my husband was going through transplant. We're almost on his one-year transplant anniversary. Mm -hmm. And I could have never imagined both of us being back in Tyler working and him being in a deeper mission without being able to find any cancer in him. Mm-hmm. I could have never imagined that. And so taking the next step of obedience, and if you ever don't know what that is, whenever I don't know what that is, um, praying through a couple of questions of, Lord, what do you want me to know and what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the Lord will always answer those questions and trust me, I've asked why on a lot of different things in our life. But just like with Job, he never really answers the question why. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, asking those questions and walking in obedience, even whenever it doesn't feel good to continue to walk in obedience. And I would say to recognize where the Lord is working, to look for those fingerprints. 
Um, Because if all we focus on is what's hard and the suffering, that's not going to help our mindset at all. Yeah. Leaving the hospital after we had lost Melena, my husband and I, we were talking about, oh, I can't believe like this nurse did this. Like that was, I don't know why she did that. And then we started talking about, very quickly we moved into, did you see how the Lord did this? Did you see how the Lord worked this out to where we could do this? And I think recognizing the work that the Lord is doing, it brings joy. It brings so much joy out of the suffering and purpose. Um, and knowing that the Lord is going to use these things. Um, and I think just knowing that the Lord is always there, mm-hmm. knowing that He hasn't left you, even though it doesn't feel great, He hasn't left you. He promises He won't. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nothing that can snatch you out of the Lord's hand. Um, and one of the, the books that really helped us through was by Max Lucado mm-hmm. is the you'll get through this book and his main quote during that was you'll get through this it won't be painless it won't be quick but God will use this mess for good in the meantime don't be foolish or naive don't despair because with God's help you will get through this mm. and so that was such an encouragement that you're in a very vulnerable place whenever you're going through suffering and that is whenever it's very important to depend on the Lord and to walk in obedience and to not allow the enemy to sneak in thoughts of doubt of like, is God even there and stuff like that? Because God is there and he's proven that over and over again in, in our life. I love that. Anna, thank you for being so willing to share your story and open up about what God has done in your life. Um, personally, I feel so encouraged Um, by how the Lord has remained faithful to you and the fact that you can look back and see that. Um, There are two questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, What is something you're learning and what is something you're loving? So this season, what we're learning is about foster care. And so my husband and I are learning about that and training, and hopefully we will be able to be licensed and we do have a podcast on that if you're curious you can go back at season one. <laughs> oh, sweet awesome i will definitely be doing that i'll link it in the show notes <laughs> um and then something that i'm loving mm-hmm. is all the gifts that the the lord is giving us now um with the restoration and our community with our marriage and just enjoying the time that we have i'm really loving this season of being able to lean into the Lord and have so much joy on the other side of suffering and preparing for what the Lord has in our future, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be. But our community is awesome. Our church is awesome. (laughs) And we're just loving that. I love that. Hannah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.